Good morning. I'm Anna, and it's time for Focus. This morning, our guest is Margaret Littman. She's the author of a book called 52 Things to Do in Nashville, Tips for Discovering New and Unique Experiences in Nashville for Locals. Hi. Welcome, first of all. Hi. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. So before the interview started, we were talking about Nashville being, is it one of your favorite places? It is. I mean, I, I live here and I wouldn't choose to live here if it if it wasn't. Yeah. I, as someone who is a travel writer, I believe that everywhere is interesting. And part of what's fun is discovering places that you didn't know in your own backyard. Oh, wow. And I feel like Nashville just has limitless things to discover. So it is my favorite. Okay, so we've gone to the Pancake Pantry, and then we've gone to the Bluebird Cafe. What else is there, Margaret? There's so much here. <laughs> and both of those things are, are great. Yes. Um, although one of the challenges with Bluebird Cafe is you can't always get in. It, yes, it's, it's a challenge to be online at exactly 8 o'clock in the morning or whenever it is to get your ticket. So there's some alternatives to Bluebird that I like a lot. The Listening Room is one of them which has a the same kind of in-the-round experience where you get to hear singer-songwriters and hear their stories, but they have a little more, more room than Bluebird, so you can uh, get that experience if you can't get into Bluebird. Mm -hmm. There's another experience called Backstage Nashville, which is held at 3rd and Lindsley. Same kind of idea where you can hear singer-songwriters and their stories. And some of these other venues have uh, actually more space, and they're not as restricted. The Bluebird, you get shh, you know, <laughs> if you talk very much. But some of the other places you can have a conversation and enjoy yourself a little bit. Correct. Although, hopefully, you're not talking a lot when the singer-songwriters yes. are telling their stories. But correct, there's more of a of environment to sort of joke around and talk to your friends. And the listening room in particular is set up with communal tables so you can take a group of friends or family to brunch and hear that experience. Okay. And one of the reasons that I love those experiences and I'm glad you brought up Bluebird is I really think that that kind of storytelling is the backbone of Nashville. And we get all this publicity for kind of the flashier stuff and the celebrities who have rhinestones and are the big name stars and there's nothing wrong with them. They're yeah. in Nashville also. But I really think that it's the singer songwriters who maybe you don't know by name who kind of make the city what it is and are the people who are really making money living here and telling stories. And then they sell their songs to those big name stars who you know. And so it's really fun one, I, I really feel like that's sort of the essence of Nashville. But second, it's really fun to hear their stories and figure out how they came up with an idea for a song. Yeah. Also, as someone who writes for a living, when you write books or magazine articles, which is what I do, it's a pretty solitary writing process. And so it's always very interesting to me to hear about the Nashville co-write and hear about how songwriters work together to come up with a song. Mm -hmm. And how they bounce ideas off each other just because it's so different from how I work. And so you get to hear a lot of that at places like The Listening Room or Bluebird Cafe. What else have you written that people need to make sure and check out after the interview? So I write a number of guidebooks under the Moon imprint, who is the publisher for 52 Things. Uh, the other books I write are more traditional guidebooks, w which have things to do and places to see, but 
more geared towards tourists and have a lot more of kind of the listings and what time things are open and prices. And this book is a little more experiential. But so I have a a book to Nashville, a book to Tennessee, a book to Memphis. And then I know I'm not supposed to have favorites, but one of my favorites is a book from here to New Orleans along the historic Natchez Trace Parkway. Really? So those are the books I write. And then I write magazine articles for a big cross-section of publications. I write a lot for the Nashville Scene, which is the weekly alternative newspaper uh, here. I have an article in Preservation Magazine right now about the renovation of the Hermitage Hotel oh, wow. and the history of the Hermitage and how interesting it is. So it's a it's a big cross-section. So what you need to do is look for Margaret Littman, L-I-T-T-M-A-N, and you're going to find out a lot more about not only Nashville, but the, the history and other locations and other places to go. I like the Natchez Trace idea. The fact that, again, that's kind of an insider thing here in Nashville, but we could go there and don't even think about it often. Right. And it's so, so for people who don't know, the Natchez Trace is a 444 mile parkway that is now managed by the National Park Service and roughly goes from here to Natchez, Mississippi. And it does literally go through people's backyards because it's just a narrow parkway and it traces a historic route that even before people, it's how bison got to a water source at the Mississippi River. And then Native Americans used that route. And then Andrew Jackson used that route to get to the Battle of New Orleans. So there had been all these layers of history of different people using people and animals using this route when we got steamships and railroad and highways kind of people stopped using it and so then it was preserved and the park district took it over and so you can wind you can just do a couple miles or you could do the whole thing some people like to bicycle the whole thing and you get to see all those different eras of history which i think is so interesting it's also like anything managed by the national park service it's physically beautiful there are no billboards there's no neon there's no gas station but there's a lot of historical markers and there are places you can stop and do a hike and see a waterfall so i really love it so i do have the whole book about it but then in this book the 52 things to do in in Nashville, it also has that as just a day trip. So oh if you don't want to, you don't want to or can't do the whole thing, you can spend an afternoon going to see it here. I particularly like going in the spring when the red buds are in bloom because it's just this ribbon of purple. And again, like you were saying, it, it's right here. Yeah. And you could go do that for an afternoon and feel like you've been on vacation without actually going on vacation. So that's one of the the kinds of things that I put in this book. I kind of sidetracked you a little bit because I think what you do is fascinating. How did you get interested in finding out these hidden gems and finding out what is interesting to do in Nashville and around the surrounding area? I started doing, I've been a writer for a long time and and a journalist. So I was writing articles and books and I I guess one of the guiding principles I use is if I'm curious about something or I'm surprised by something, probably other people would be. Yeah. You know, there's that expression about gathering string that uh, journalists do. And that's what I like to do. I like to sort of get facts and learn new random 
trivia. So I'm always curious about things. Yeah. The more popular Nashville is getting and we have more visitors and all Mm. that's great. But sometimes I feel like people are missing part of what's great about Nashville because and and this is probably that's probably true wherever you go. You go somewhere for a weekend and you see what's famous or iconic and you don't get to see the rest of the city. And so the more famous or popular Nashville is getting, the more I feel this urge to make sure people don't overlook some of the other things in Nashville. And it's great to go to Lower Broad and go to Honky Tonk, but I hope people get to see other parts of Nashville. Well, I think this is going to be an invaluable book if you live here, not only for something for you to do, something you do to the fa- with the family, but also when relatives come to visit, when company comes, they're like, well, we want to go downtown or we want to go do part of the Nashville experience. A lot of us work so much. Like we go to work and we go home, we go to work and we go home. Somebody comes and they go, well, let's do something that's about Nashville. And we're like, oh, man, I don't even know. <laughs> You know, so this is going to help us be better hosts and have better experiences uh, on our own. I hope so. Yeah. And I I hope it also helps sort of put pieces together and helps people understand their city more. Like what? I was reporting this book in 2020 during the pandemic, partly because I couldn't travel and do some of the other work that I normally would do. And so it was really fun for me to go in depth and learn some things I didn't know about Nashville and sort of see how pieces fit together. So one of the experiences in the book is about learning Nashville's civil rights history. And I, I knew how important Nashville was and the sit-ins were, and I knew how great the civil rights room was at the public library. I think that's a great free resource to learn about Nashville's role in the civil rights movement But then as I was researching this book, I learned a lot more things about. So at the Woolworth Theater now, there's a great display window that's almost like a mini museum that has one of John Lewis's trench coats and information about his role in the civil rights movement. Um, There's the witness walls, which are over by the courthouse and uh, talk about the civil rights movement. What is that? It's a sort of a sculpture, a piece of art that has stories of different people who were involved in the civil rights movement in Nashville. And the more I learned about those things and could go see them, I also feel like I understand Nashville better and understand the role that Nashville had in changing the country. Wow. I think that's fun. What are some of the other cool things that people might not know about if they're locals? That they can do in and around Nashville, Margaret? One of the things that I like to do is explore different neighborhoods. So I've broken a lot of this book out into almost little walking tours of different neighborhoods. Like what? Um, So Buchanan Street, which is a arts district in North Nashville. It is relatively small. It's easy to walk. It has, I think, some of the best murals in the city. Again, murals that have some link, tell some stories to civil rights movement, to other things in Nashville, in addition to just being pretty. Yeah. The Nashville Jazz Project has moved there. So there's live jazz music and classes there. Uh, Slim and Husky's first 
pizza place was there. So there's delicious food. There's a number of galleries, including Buchanan Arts, where you can take ceramics classes and Elephant Gallery, which always has interesting art exhibits. And I, I just love walking around that neighborhood because I always see something new and different. And it's a really dynamic neighborhood where things are always uh, changing. Wow. And it's called what? Uh, it's Buchanan Street, okay. so the Buchanan Arts District, okay. and it's in North Nashville. All right. Give us some more. So the Nations, which is on the west side, is another neighborhood where it's fun to walk around, and it has, a for some reason, a very high concentration of tap rooms and breweries. <laughs> so if you're interested in beer, sometimes visitors will come from out of town and be interested in beer. And I think the Nations is a great neighborhood to go walk around because you can go to several tap rooms at once. You don't have to drive or take yeah. uh, an Uber from tap room to tap room. And you get to sit, taste different kinds of beers and learn about the brewers who are, are uh, working in the, in the neighborhood. And then there's also restaurants and, again, some interesting art, some small boutiques. It's a fun, walkable neighborhood. And why is it called The Nations? Do you know? There are a lot of different theories as to why that is. Um, I've heard a lot of stories. I have not ever heard anyone definitively say which one is accurate. Okay. The one I hear the most often is that uh, there used to be a prison in that neighborhood, and there was a very diverse group of people who would come visit family members who were incarcerated, and Mm -hmm. people spoke different languages, and that's why they call it the nations. I don't know that there's any evidence that that's true, but I also haven't ever found the story that might be true. That is interesting. And part of what's funny is the neighborhood's called the nations, but the streets there are all state names. Right. Um, So that's, Oh, that's right. It's like, uh, I had friends who lived there, like Indiana street or something like that. Indiana and Georgia. So um, it's a mystery. If, if somebody knows the real answer, I, w- I would love to know. Oh, that's good. Um, if you're just joining us, I'm Anna Marie, and this is Focus. And we're talking with the author, travel author, Margaret Lippman. She's written a book called, uh, she's written a lot of things, but we're talking partly about 52 Things to Do in Nashville, Tips for Discovering New and Unique Experiences in Nashville for Locals. Uh, any other things that are kind of like hidden gems that we have right here that maybe a lot of locals have not checked out? So one of the things... I also think is fun is sometimes there are things in Nashville that seem geared to tourists. And Mm -hmm. like you say, we all, the people who live here, we all get so focused on our day-to-day jobs. We might not ever go to those things or think they're not for us. So I really like the Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, uh, which is in Opry Mills. It's kind of campy and kind of fun, It's the only wax museum that is focused exclusively on music. Mm -hmm. And so in addition to having the the wax characters of your favorite musicians who you can take your selfie with, they have a movie about the history of music, which I think is very informative. You can record a song. You can design your own uh, concert T-shirt. And so I think it's a a fun, interactive thing that that locals might not think to go to mm-hmm. so that's and where's that in the opry mills mall near gaylord Opryland. i knew that but i just wanted to make you say it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay and let's let's have a couple more if you don't mind 
Sure. One of the other things I love about Nashville is how easy it is to get outdoors. And I think sometimes East Tennessee with the Ocoee River or Chattanooga with its hiking and rafting that they get sort of all the attention for being outdoor destinations. Mm -hmm. But Nashville and Middle Tennessee are are great for getting outdoors. Like I mean, what? Maybe not today when it's 90% humidity. But <laughs> uh, so there's a great paddle boarding and kayaking close to the city. Some people kayak and paddleboard right downtown on the Cumberland River. And there are a number of outfitters who do that. Uh, there are outfitters who do that on both Percy Priest and Old Hickory Lakes, which are very close to the city. Oh, 20 minutes from downtown. Uh, there's canoeing and kayaking on the west side on the Harpeth River. So all of those water sports are really accessible and there are affordable outfitters who make that easy. There's a lot of hiking. I love that some of the Metro Parks facilities have great hiking trails, even though they're in the city. So I think Beeman Park in particular is one of the great places. It's on the west side in Jolton. I love to hike there because it has some elevation changes. It also has a lot of shade. So it's a great place um, to hike when maybe other places are too sunny and hot. Yeah. On the east side, I'm a big fan of Shelby Bottoms Greenway. Mm Mm-hmm. On the east side, I'm a big fan of the Shelby Bottoms Greenway. Mm -hmm. It has both paved trails and what the Parks Department calls primitive trails, which are unpaved trails. And so you can have whatever kind of hiking or walking experiences you want. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a car, you're willing to go a little bit out of town, there are great state parks. Uh, There's a number of great waterfalls that you can drive to and hike to within an hour and a half, two hours of Nashville. Okay. Cummings Falls, Fall Creek Falls, and Burgess Falls are all within that range of a day trip. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes people are surprised by how close that kind of great outdoors is to Nashville. Right. I love that. So we've talked about some specific neighborhoods, some specific outdoor places. What about, you mentioned also um, some arts and cultural places. We've got a lot of artsy places here in Nashville. You want to tell people about a few of those? We do have a lot of art and a lot of galleries and museums. And I broke these out in a couple different experiences in the book because there were so many of them. Oh, wow. Okay. So one way I thought about it was specifically about music museums. Okay. So we have the the National Museum of African American Music, Mm -hmm. which is right downtown and is an interactive, multi-genre museum that is fantastic. I love it because I, people are really joyful when they are there. I love, I love to go through the interactive exhibits, but I love to watch people in that museum. So it walks you through the history and the influence of black music on culture and on other music. I have that. Uh, the Country Music Hall of Fame and Museum is probably one of the most well-known. That's also downtown. And I usually tell visitors when they come to town, even if you think you don't like country music, it's important to go there. And I think that's true for locals, too. Again, I think it traces the history of country music and explains how 
country music is related to other genres. And for me, it showed me that country music is not as narrow a definition as I thought. Plus, they have just really cool exhibits and, you know, cars and costumes and instruments and that sort of thing. And then there are several museums that are focused specifically on one artist. So there's a Johnny Cash Museum, a Patsy Cline Museum, there's a Glenn Campbell Museum. So you could make a day or two of just looking at the music museums. Oh, wow. Then there are a number of museums that I broke out as kid-friendly. So things that you can take your kids to or adults could go to and sort of use having the kids as an excuse. (laughs) Um, I'm a big fan of the Lane Motor Museum, which is a private collection of cars. And it's it's in an old bakery. And even if you're not a car person, it's pretty fascinating because they have so many quirky kinds of cars. They have one car that you don't put in reverse, but it's very tiny and it has a lever and you sort of flip the lever up and then it would pivot and that's how you would turn it around to go in another direction. (laughs) It makes me laugh every time I see it. There are cars that ran on steam engines. There are cars there that were designed to run on steam engines. There are cars, some concept cars that sort of chitty chitty bang bang type things that would run on water. So it's a pretty fanciful place, even if you're not interested in cars. They do some of their own restoration of cars there. And so there are some glass windows where if they're working on an automobile, you can see it through the window. And Mm -hmm. I think anytime you can see that behind the scenes stuff, it's kind of fun. Yeah. So I like that. And then there are a number of great art museums. I mean, the the Frist Art Museum downtown is one of our best known. It is in an old post office and it, the architecture in the building is fantastic. The Frist hosts a number of exhibits throughout the year and tends to get some pretty high profile exhibits yeah. that come from across the country. Mm-hmm. And so that's a, a great museum. The Carl Van Vechten Gallery, which is at Fisk University, it's obviously much smaller than the Frist, but has some really important American art that a world-class collection. And while you're on the Fisk campus, you can go see some of the Aaron Douglas murals. Aaron Douglas was the first head of the fine arts department at Fisk and was one of the fathers of the Harlem Renaissance movement. And we're really lucky in Nashville to have some of his murals on the Fisk campus. And it's completely free to go in these buildings and see these murals. So I love to add that on to Museum Day. Do you break down in your book, 52 Things to Do in Nashville, Tips for Discovering New and Unique Experiences in Nashville for Locals? Do you break down uh, what's free? It's not broken out specifically by free things, but I, I do try to point out when things are free. And I I had a number of experiences in there that some of the walking tours, those sorts of things that that are free. So I I did try to think a lot about how you can enjoy Nashville without spending a lot of money. That is very good. Uh, One of the things we haven't covered yet, places to eat. Nashville has become so popular for food. We tend to tell people, well, here's where I go when I go out to dinner. But are there new things that we want to make sure that we maybe mention that might be in your book? It is true that you can spend a lot of time eating well in Nashville. (laughs) So I spent a lot of time thinking about how best to include restaurants in 
in this book. So there's some experiences that are broken out by the type of food. Everyone thinks of hot chicken when they think of Nashville. So there is a hot chicken uh, chapter where I talk about the history, the story of hot chicken, and then also where to go try it and try to pick places that are across the city. So no matter what neighborhood you're in, there might be something close. Right. Well, hold that thought, okay? Because I want to ask you about the history of hot chicken in Nashville. So the story goes that there was a woman who was dating a man who, as they say, was stepping out on her. And she was unhappy that he was, that her boyfriend was cheating on her. So she decided she was going to express her unhappiness. And she made him dinner and made his favorite chicken dish. But she made it extra spicy, thinking that that would aggravate him. (laughs) But it kind of backfired because he liked it that way. And her name is lost to history. No one knows who she is. But his last name was Prince. And so (laughs) Prince's chicken is a, a descendant of of him, of Thornton Prince. I had no idea. So that's the lore. (laughs) For years, hot chicken was something that was primarily in black neighborhoods. It definitely was something that locals in those neighborhoods ate, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't necessarily something that everyone ate. And then in recent years, it's become very popular and there's hot chicken almost everywhere. And now it's called Nashville hot chicken. Now it is called Nashville hot chicken. There are still those places, Prince's and Bolton's, which are still sort of the OG hot chicken places. And those are the ones where you really need to think about how spicy you order it because it can be too spicy if that's not your thing. But there are a lot of places to experience hot chicken. One of the things that I love that I don't think was true a decade ago is that there are even some vegetarian options. So you can get that kind of hot chicken experience even if you don't eat chicken. Oh, that's cool. Um, There's a place in East Nashville called Beehive. There are a number of places that have a a vegetarian alternative. So there's a hot chicken chapter with places across the city and then structured sort of the same way. There's a meat and three chapter Ah. with um, soul food and there is a barbecue chapter, which was fun to work on. I think for a long time, you know, Memphis is really the, the Tennessee city that has the reputation for barbecue, but there's a really good barbecue culture in Nashville. And part of what's interesting, I think, is because barbecue maybe isn't intrinsic to Nashville the way it is to Memphis or Texas or whatever. Mm-hmm. Everyone who has a barbecue place here is bringing traditions from elsewhere here. In some ways, you get a really diverse barbecue experience if you go to different places in Nashville because you can try Texas-style brisket at Shotgun Willie's in East Nashville, or you can go downtown to Jack's and get something that's more kind of Kansas City-style. And uh, at B&C, which is in the farmer's market, you can they have a bunch of different sauces, so you can try different ones. And I think that that's... That's kind of fun. Yeah. Another great food experience in the book is on Nolensville Pike, there are a lot of Kurdish restaurants. Nashville has the largest Kurdish population in the U.S. And so I really encourage people to explore that Middle Eastern cuisine, Turkish cuisine, which they might not have experienced somewhere else. I think it's something that's really specific to Nashville Mm -hmm. and 
and I happen to also think it's delicious. Uh, so that's uh, one I would highly recommend locals try if they haven't. So, Margaret, we could talk all day because this is fascinating. This is 52 Things to Do in Nashville, tips for discovering new and unique experiences in Nashville for locals. And our guest today has been travel author Margaret Lippman. Any final thing you want to say about how to get the book, where to get the book, that sort of thing? The book is sold you know, anywhere books are sold. Mm-hmm. So locally, all the bookstores, uh, the bookshop in East Nashville, Parnassus, and Green Hills, it's also in a number of gift shops. It's in the Tennessee State Museum gift shop, uh, the Get Along, which is a, a kid's shop in East Nashville. Okay. Mainly uh, look for Margaret Littman. And I, I just encourage people to go explore their their own city like they would explore a city they're visiting on vacation. Yay, I love that. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Margaret Littman, 52 Things to Do in Nashville, tips for discovering new and unique experiences in Nashville for locals. We'll post links online. Make sure you join us again next week. I'm Anna Marie, and that's Focus.